Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of MTG Rants. This one's really early in the morning. It's 10:17 uh, a.m. my time, so about 11 a.m. Ross's time, but we've been up for a little while. We've been talking a lot because the big announcement happened today that everybody's been waiting for. Drum roll, please. Uh, MTG Rants has a new sponsor. Uh, we'll get into that in actually just a second. The, the real thing that everybody's like super excited about is the new OP announcement uh, just dropped. Ross and I have both read over it quite a bit. We've combed through Twitter. We've combed through some other stuff. So we're going to try to get to everything we can today and talk about it and try to give you as many details as possible. We may be wrong on something. We're going to try to be right as much as possible. I've never so been we, wrong in my life, Tannen. Okay, so uh, Ross will always be right. I will be wrong by proxy. Um, we'll try to get through this as much as possible on the show and as many things as possible. Um, I think this is all the information we're going to get today because we're going off just the articles that were published and not the stuff that'll be happening on Twitch later today with Huey Jensen and I forgot who else. Uh, I apologize if they if they randomly listen to the show. I apologize that we forgot who else was on, on the, was on the show. But the the real person everybody's going to want to hear talk is Huey because he's the one that you know spearheaded this. He's, he's the head honcho. Yeah, he's the he's the the forward facing person of this. You know, it's probably yeah. not just him running OP, but he's the one who's going to be the face of it and that you're going to recognize and trust and stuff, which, you know, he's got 20 something years experience in this. So you should trust him overall, though, before we before we get really into the into the details, pretty good announcement, Ross. I'm like, you're smiling a little bit. I'm a little happy overall with all this. I am excited for paper magic for the first time in uh you know a little over two years yeah it feels <laughs> so, longer it feels longer yeah. but oh it definitely feels longer than two years time but, has had no meaning since COVID. Yeah. so yeah this is this is about as good as i could have expected if not a little bit better i think it's a little bit better for me overall i think overall everything about it that i've seen so far is positive Sorry yeah and even the even the numbers they're posting in terms of of prize money you know half a million dollar pro tours and million dollar worlds more uh, on this that idea future, of yeah. the regional championships being a big event in and of themselves um you know when i you know when, when i first clicked the link right and they they have that diagram this pyramid and i see our regional championship qualifiers regional championships pro tour worlds i'm thinking oh they just brought back pptqs and rptqs right it, it looks very similar uh, they just branded it differently because they know people don't have a you know bad taste in their mouths from from that system. But it really is qualitatively and quantitatively quite different and different for the better because these regional championships being a very big event makes them much different than RPTQs. RPTQs felt like fifty people in a room, you know, tr- you know, trying to take their shot. And nothing mattered except for making that top four and getting the slot. Now you've got so much more to play for, so much more on the line, and you're playing a big event. Um, so, yeah, the, when, when I read through the details, uh, my concerns, my initial concerns at least, were, were assuaged very quickly. Yeah, we'll get into all that details, the nitty-gritty here in just a minute. But like, like I said, overall, you're really positive, which I expected it to be more like me – like you apprehensive to combative and me to be like a little more on the positive side or like, look, like here's the silver linings. And you'd be like, I hate it, Tan, and I hate all of it, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> this and, is bullshit. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. So it's going to be nice I'm to have you sharpening my pitchfork as we speak. <laughs> I've got to light some torches, you know. Yeah, at this point, I think my pitchfork is getting a little rusty. Yeah, I know, right? You haven't used it in a little bit. <laughs> I so. know. But I'm get, uh, before- I'm getting an itchy pitchfork finger. 
<laughs> nice. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk about our new sponsor that we have for the show. It's something I've been pretty excited about. We've been in the works for about, uh, I think about a month, month and a half now. People have heard us kind of uh, mention this. You and I got our first uh, shipment of the product in the mail. And uh, I know you tried it out and I've tried it out. And uh, I haven't gotten to try all of it yet. But I've liked a lot of what I got so so far, and the company's name is Mox Roasters. For people who haven't heard of it, uh, you're going to hear a lot of it in the next year. They are a Houston-based coffee company, and they sent Ross and I each a sampling thing. And we should have been better about coordinating this because Ross and I tried the same one out of out <laughs> of the three so far. But uh, he's going to be on it at the next episode. He'll be able to talk about one of the other uh, uh, one of the other flavors. But the one that we tried is the Uganda mix, and this one, I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I liked this. I am not, I'll, I'll, I'll firmly admit, I'm not the biggest coffee guy in the world, right? But I, I do enjoy a cup of coffee. I like iced coffee, but this one was a little bit of a, you know, a different blend for me. It was, um, I'm, I'm going to kind of try to read off what they, they say about on the website here, because they'll describe it better than I will. They said it's chosen for its strong raspberry, blackberry, and milk chocolate uh, flavors, which impart powerful acidity and lasting sweetness. And it's said to have notes of vanilla, raspberry, blackberry, and milk chocolate. I agree with that almost 100%. I kind of missed the raspberry, but maybe just because I don't eat raspberry a whole lot. So I wasn't like, yeah, that's raspberry. Yeah. I mean, it says that, and I, th- I think it's it's true, but a little bit misleading because you don't get a lot of the sweetness directly mm-hmm. coming through on your palate. What it's yeah. doing is toning down the natural bitterness yeah. that you get from coffee. And so what happens is you just get a you you get the, you know, rich um, you know, normal flavors that you will get, but that finish is going to be much smoother because yeah. the sweetness is cutting it. Exactly, right? Like cuz like usually when there's coffee, you unless you just load it up with like sugar or cream and everything, which like let's be real, we all do that. But there's <laughs> that there's that bitter, there's that bitter taste to it and I I'm not a bitter guy. I don't like bitter. And so this tastes more like hot chocolate to me. It had like that kind of hot chocolate feel. You, you don't talk about like, you know, but coffee and hot chocolate, chocolate made with, you know, quality chocolate. That is Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. Swiss this is this yeah, this isn't like the little packaging crap that you get for like, you know, 30 cents on the on the thing, but yeah, so I'm really excited to try the the, the next couple flavors that we're going to be trying out. For people who want to try, uh, check them out, they're moxroasters.com. Very easy to find. And a few things that I want to talk about with this company, since you know, y'all are getting to know them, we're getting to know them more, and the things that are really important is they're all magic players, and they're all friends. They just got together, they had a love for coffee, and they're like, hey, let's, let's do this. Let's take this serious. And they started making a coffee company in Houston, and they've been branching out a ton. They've got... Uh, they're sitting products all over the country. Uh, I, I'm not sure about international shipping yet. I didn't ask them about that, but all over the country, people have been trying this stuff out. Really good results, really good responses and stuff like that. Um, and their community, I'm a big fan of it because they're one of like core values that help foster like friendship and stuff among magic players and people. I'm a big fan of that. They're very locally sourced. They're very locally uh, operated within people. They're big within the LBGBQ uh, uh, society as well, helping out a ton there. And they're specifically coffee roasters. They're not people who just like randomly decided to do this. Uh, one of the guys in their team is extremely qualified and they gear towards more of the, the good stuff, right? It's not just the, like you said, you know, the stuff that you're going to get out of a package, you know, at a gas station or something like that. This is more of the the real good stuff. Like if you really want a good cup of coffee, this this is the way you're going to do it. 
and uh, it's going to be cheaper on average than going to Starbucks every day if you try this stuff out. Now, there is a 10% discount code. You can use MTG Rants uh, to try it out their website. They send it to us in all caps. I'm not sure if it's all caps or not. If it's cap sensitive, I'll, I'll definitely check in on that, but it's going to be MTG Rants for 10% off. And for everybody, if you're ordering at home, uh, the average coffee drinker goes through about 12 ounces every two weeks of the, the beans or the grinds they send you, and they come in 12-ounce bags. So you're looking at, you know, one bag for every about two weeks. Unless you're a heavy coffee drinker, then probably a bag a week. You know, if you're a multiple cup guy, uh, I know when I'm into stuff, I, I'm a multiple cup person, so we'll see. They also have some other stuff on there, too. If you need the actual uh, machinery to make coffee at home, like if you don't have a, a coffee maker, they have that on the site as well, which is also really affordable. Pretty sure the discount code will work there as well. And then um, you can kind of sign up for, you know, however you want it shipped there. You can do automatic shipping or you can do it, you know, per whatever. There's also a uh, sampler one. That's the one that we got where they send you all three flavors. You can kind of try out what you like. So make sure you check them out. Again, that's moxroasters.com, M-O-X-R-O-A-S-T-E-R-S.com. Uh, 10% discount code with MTG Rants. Anyway, let's get back to this OP announcement, Ross. Overall, yeah. super positive. Uh, I think, you know, you mentioned this, and this is the first thing I kind of want to talk about, is there's actually money attached to this, and more than I thought there would be. So there's going to be three PTs a year, and they're going to be $500,000 a piece. And there's one Worlds at the end of the year. And that's a million dollar prize pool. So you're looking at $2.5 million going out in cash. You know, not mentioning anything else that gets used anywhere else. But $2.5 million is getting shipped out just on these four tournaments. Right? That's a pretty good amount of money coming from them considering how much they've slashed over the last few years. Maybe that's part of why they slashed some of the stuff this year. They're like, hey, let's let's make sure we can front load you know, our return to paper magic. And if but, we're comparing it to the last time we had a pro tour season, I believe pro tours were either 200 or 250 K. I think it was two fifty. Yeah. I think it was two fifty. Unless you look at pro tour 25, a few pro tours uh, were different yeah, than on average. Yeah. yeah. That was like, that was a, you know, a special one or whatever. Yeah, it was like but, 800 or something. Yeah. Yeah. When I, if, we, if you look at like the mythic championship season, I guess in, in 2019, okay. I guess these, these were 500 K when they went to mythic championship. Um, that's what it's saying let's, on, let's talk about that for two seconds. And I think this is one of the biggest things. And they didn't come out and say this because honestly, I, I wouldn't put this in a press release, especially I don't expect Watsy to, but we're not an esport, And this is them admitting that. And anyone who's followed like what they've done with their Twitter and changed the name, you, you know, exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, magic is not an esport. It never was. It didn't function well as one. It just didn't work, right? Maybe it could have if, like, different things happened, but everything about it waned over time. You know, it had a really big first showing and then kind of just didn't work out. And this is them getting back to their roots. This is them getting back to magic as it is. And I think that's the biggest thing that's putting the smile on my face. And I, I, I want to speak for you because I think it's a big part of what's putting a smile on your face and a lot of people like you and I. And it's the nostalgia of it, right? Because... You know, one of the things I said the most about people ask me, you know, why are you so into flesh and blood and less into magic lately? And I'm like, well, when you look at what's happening, right? Like paper magic is like pretty much been taken away for organized play, right? They're doing all these weird things with the game online that like I can't keep up with and, and I don't want to to do. And then, you know, like SCG got rid of everybody, uh, which was, you know, a business decision, right? And all these things. 
you took away every aspect of the game in which I identified with, right? Some of my earliest memories in competitive magic would be like, you know, uh, in high school or college, I would go to the computer room in, in between classes and go read articles on StarCityGames.com. Like I remember buying my first deck competitively through, not through them, but because of an article that was up, you know, I bought it locally, but it was like blue white control with like eternal dragon, exalted angels, and what is it? Like Forgotten Temple? Fallen Temple? What is it? The uh, one? T- Temple of the False God. Oh, Temple of the False God. Yeah, the one to tap for two mana if you had five lands. Yes. Or whatever. So you, you would play it on turn five and mm. jump to six mana and cast a Chroma's Vengeance. Yeah, that <laughs> deck. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like Wrath of God, right? And like Mana Leak, I think was the third Thanks time. for Knowledge. Yeah. And, uh, talismans and, and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. So like that was like some of the first things that like. I remember really getting into it. I was like, oh, this deck looks cool. I want to I want to play this deck, you know, and that happened from SCG, right? And then I'd play it at, like, tabletops. I'd, you know, I'd play it at local events. I'd play it at PTQs, and that stuff went away. So, like, I couldn't identify with Magic in the same way, so it just didn't have the same feel. Seeing this and seeing this announcement overall, th- this kind of brings me back. Like, I will be participating in events. I will be playing Magic competitively again. Yeah, uh, That's same. either good or bad for a lot of people or and myself we'll, we'll find out right and, and but i do miss it you know we we've been playing these scg events at, at scg cons and that you know those are fun too i love playing them i'm gonna keep playing those but without a an op system behind it you know this is just a series of one-off events that scg is running and you know there's no there's nothing to chase there's nothing to keep you invested in it it's just every single event is an isolated incident. I'll make a decision whether to go or not, you know, depending on There's how nothing easy it is to get you. there. And yeah, you know, how much I like the format, how much I like my deck at the time, things like that. Whereas, you know, this is a system where I envision myself playing a lot and trying to qualify and move up the, you know, move up the ladder, move up the pyramid as, the, as they've uh, uh, put it down. I have also seen uh, the, the last branded Pro Tour, the one that Andrew Ellenbogen won in, in 2018. Mm-hmm. That was a 250k purse. So he, if, he, I was say he's going to be upset a little bit, I yeah. think, because he's no longer uh, going to be the last PT champion. Yeah, yeah, in perpetuity. But uh, yeah. if you're, if you're, you know, I think that's a better basis of comparison here because when they went to Mythic Championships, you know, there was the four paper ones and three arena ones, I think, uh, because it was sure. there were seven total. I think yeah, it was sure. four, three towards paper. Um, but the um, you know, that was their year pushing, trying to be an esport, and there was a lot more money being pushed into Magic for they that year a specifically. Lot of money. Yeah. And given that that has largely been a failure, you've got to think that, you know, they're going to be more gun-shy in terms of putting money into the system. So still getting the 500k that they were doing for paper MCs in 2019, double what they had for Pro Tours in 2018, the year before, that's, that looks pretty good. Now, there's only three of them. There used to be four Pro Tours. So we're down a tournament, but that's still seven, uh, you know, a million for four at 250k. Now we're at a million and a half at three at 500k. Yeah, well, we actually, like, I think this is not unprecedented, too. Like, didn't we actually, they cut a Pro Tour at one point from four to three for, like, a few years, I think, or for a small amount yeah, of time. And then we I went mean, back to yeah. four. If, yeah. if you look over the history, there were years where there were five Pro Tours in the 2000s. Like, that, that there's been some, but but there's been some unique situations in, in individual years. But typically, it's been four, uh, you know, four Pro Tours a season uh, and, you know, the accompanying tournaments around it. So... Uh, when you know we're getting three, um, especially you know 
in a in a COVID world, I think you know fewer tournaments, more you know glitz surrounding them makes sense. Um, and uh, you know I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. At, you know because the tournaments themselves look really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And you know again we're going to try to get through all this stuff. Uh, hopefully it'll be somewhat organized that we had this conversation winding through the show. Uh, we're going to try to get you know through all of it. Um, one of the big things you've heard us talking about Pro Tours, you've heard us talking about Worlds, you haven't heard us talking about Grand Prix or as they were called towards the end, Magic Fest. Magic Fest, aka Grand Prix, may return one day, but are not returning now. And then if they do, unlikely they will be tied to organized play. So that means things like SEG Con, but like from from yeah. is is possible in the future. I think what they're doing here is they're trying not to overcommit to too many things too quickly, especially in a COVID world still. You know, they don't have to, like, cancel things. That's a that's a nightmare, by the way. It's yeah. Like, you have to cancel one of these events. That is really bad for a lot of reasons. It's going to create quite a bit of headaches. But I'm a, this is one of the parts of the, the thing that I'm, I'm like, uh, this kind of sucks. You know, like, I would love to have Grand Prix back because here's the thing. You know, I might not go super hard at trying to qualify. Like, I'll play the local stuff, and then, you know, I'll see what... I'll go from there, right? You know? But if a Grand Prix was coming close to me, like Texas or Atlanta or something, or, like, one that I could fly to and play an event, yeah, you get to go and see the homies. You know, you get to go and hang out with your friends and, like, maybe play an event, maybe do pretty well. It's another way to qualify, but we're not going to have that. But I do believe in my heart of hearts that things like SCG Con in the future and if Channel Fireball puts out an event kind of like they did in Las Vegas and stuff like that, that some of this will be tied to OP in some way, maybe not at the scale that Grand Prix did, but they'll have these like regional qualifiers at their event. So they'll have big PTQs and stuff like that with, you know, decent prizing as well, because with a bigger field, you know, you're like, well, I can just go play a smaller one at my local store and have a better chance. Well, this one's going to have like 2K attached to it or like, you know, like some cash prizes or something attached to it as well as their like main event thing that's going on. So, you know, that maybe the return of the Sunday PTQ at some of these events, I got to believe SCG Con will be picking this stuff up because I know for a fact that NRG has already said that they, uh, the NRG series that goes on in like the Midwest, they're doing this at their events. They're going to have like the regional qualifier things as well. So I got to believe that everybody else is going to follow suit. It just makes sense. Yeah. And especially, you know, if SCG is going to have some of their cons in Roanoke, which I expect they will, though, once again, I'll reiterate, I have no insider information here. Um, I'm assuming one summer, one winter. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I've been assuming. And I had been assuming that the next one that they, the next one they haven't announced will be June. And historically that's when they did SCG con in Roanoke, but the, these qualifiers aren't going to start for season one until the first week of July. Right, and I was going to say this. Ben Blywise said today that uh, you know they're they're working on some stuff and they're going to be announcing S- new SCG cons soon. So definitely look out for that because uh, they're going to move quick on this kind of thing. Yeah, so I would I would not be surprised to see SCG con in Roanoke in July with a regional championship qualifier as one of the events, um, right. you know, going on, especially like a Sunday event. Uh, for all the people that aren't in top eight of, of the main. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that's also great to see. Like, I could now see myself going more out of my way to go to NRGs. I've kind mm-hmm. of been waiting. You know, they're based in Chicagoland, and they always seem to go north. 
You yeah, know, like the reason like Minneapolis, Milwaukee, and, you know, they haven't quite come far enough south and to the east for me to want to go. Yeah. You know, if they get to Indianapolis or I really wanted them to get somewhere in Ohio, you know, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, anywhere in there, those are all much easier things to travel to from Roanoke. So I've been hoping that they would hit up those. But now, you know, if there's that kind of stuff going on as a side event, if I don't do well in the main that is definitely more of an incentive to hit up one, even if I've got to, you know, fly to a northern Midwest city, maybe uh, escape the heat this summer. I could, I could be talked into it, Ross. <laughs> they have you could be talked events. into a lot of things, Tannen, okay? That's very true. I have a very uh, – my standards are low, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. And after after two years of no organized play, all of our standards are low, Tannen. <laughs> I'm a uh, – What's the word I'm fiending here? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I'm pretty excited for this stuff overall. Um, th- this is an important part. I do want to make sure that we mention this. Coverage from start to finish is planned for all PTs and worlds. And while I'm going to miss and still am missing watching coverage, you know, almost every weekend of either SCG or the Grand Prix or whatever that's going on this weekend, there's going to be something nice about like, if I'm not qualified for the PT, I'm definitely like phoning up the boys and being like, hey, food at my house, drinks at my house. We're, we're watching this pro tour. Like oh, we're doing yeah. this. Like we're I'm, getting together. I'm also in for doing something like that. I, I'm telling you this right now. If I'm not qualified and like depending on where I'm at, what's going on, I could be talking to Flying Roanoke to hang out and watch watch yeah. these events. Like, I will, I'm back I, down. I'm I, will, down I will make you know, snack foods that are mm. uh, country appropriate for wherever the pro tour is or region Ooh, appropriate. I like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if we're going to get like truly international pro tours. It seems like we are. And I would I mean, assume one Asian Pacific, one Europe, one, one America. One US, but like, yeah. Does North that mean America. plane tickets are involved again? Cause that's expensive. And you know, we know they're going to be cutting costs. I thought we were going to honestly, th- this is the surprise to me. And the thing that I found kind of cool because I thought this was going to be the return of the, uh, what were they called, the Players' Championships that we got for like a year, where they were like regional pro tours. You know, yeah. like when Pioneer first came out, remember it was like... Um, that was right as the pandemic hit. Yeah. Yeah. It was like um, Inverter was like really big, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So that was, you know, that's what I was fully expecting is like, we're going to, you know, kind of regional this, let them run it. But like, that's what's going to do everything up to leading to the pro tours and worlds. So... You know, they're trying. They're going to be pushing me hard. Now, this isn't going to be starting until 2023. But the, oh, for the, the pro qualifying. Tour. Yeah, the qualifying yeah. is going to start soon, actually. July for the – it says first weekend of July or early July for the first round of regional championship qualifiers. First round of regional championships late this year. And note that DreamHack, who is the WPN organizer of regional championships uh, for the U.S. region, is – hosting on a dream hack event in November in Atlanta. So we're kind of expecting that that's the first regional championship will be in Atlanta. It's the week before Thanksgiving. Um, and you, it's, you mentioned something about plane tickets. I, I very much doubt that that will return. I don't think they're I gonna, don't think so either, yeah. but that's why it's important that these regional championships where, which is the primary paper Avenue to qualify for pro tours is are these are big events so these are gonna have big prizes now these are run by you know specifically selected uh organizers um you know usa has dreamhack canada has face-to-face um europe middle east africa has legacy you know that they, they list them all down so these are all experienced organizers 
um, you know, that apparently Watsy trusts. We'll see how they do. Um, but they're, they're companies that like we can not only trust to do well, right? Like you said, they have experience, but they've given out good prizes in the past with yes. money and stuff like that too, which is like what these people are going to need. They're going to need the money to, to pay for these plane tickets. Yeah, to pay for plane tickets, especially if they've got to go overseas for a pro tour. Um, and you know what? You know, the, uh, the details of these events is somewhat left open to these organizers. So you're talking about, you know, the, you know, Watsi's committed to coverage for PTs, but I'm wondering if any of these organizers is going to take a leap and do coverage for a regional championship. I 100% think that's going to happen in America and possibly face to face. You know, if they've already got the infrastructure set up to do it, you know, that could be really sweet. And that, that makes, that makes these sort of like, they're like Grand Prix, but honestly, maybe even a little bit bigger because you can qualify directly for Worlds through them. If you yeah. win, if you win one, you are in the World Championships. So, and it, for the three biggest regions, which are the um, USA, uh, Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Japan, um, it's Japan slash Korea, I guess. Um, you know, if you're second, you're also qualified. So mm-hmm. there's the a finals. lot on the line here. Yeah. Even if you're qualified for the Pro Tour, you can play in these regional championships. So, like, these are going to be big events. I expect big prizes for these, you know. Big names pro- are going to be playing in it. Yeah, I'm guessing that the prizes for these events are going to be bigger than what a Grand Prix used to be. Which uh, I th- Really? You think there's going to be more than 10K given out? I I, I, would, I think that's a baseline. If, if they are that level, I wouldn't be that surprised. But I, do, mm-hmm. I don't expect less. Because, there's, you know, they're, they're only running three of these a year. True. For, I guess three for each region. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there's three, six, nine, eleven regions. So there's thirty-three of these a year. That's about how many Grand Prix there were, right? Yeah, you know? true. So true. Th- these feel like the new Grand Prix, but you know, my issue with Grand Prix, and I had been talking and about disconnecting them because uh, for years when they were still going, because I could I saw that happening where the Grand Prix itself, the main event became an afterthought and it was all about the side events and the uh you know cosplayers and artists and all of the stuff that was going on around it that became the big draw especially for the organizer itself because that's where the money was and you know then you know yeah there was a thousand people in the main event but really only like 300 of them cared (laughs) and uh and the other 700 were like yeah if i day two that's cool like you know but it's just part of the experience yeah, yeah, maybe I'll get to play against, you know, LSV or somebody, and that'll yeah. be fun. Like, they're there for the experience. And they're then there was the 300 of us who were there, like, we don't care about anything else that's going on. I stopped, the like, spikes. picking up play mats. They're just like, why is this $80 to register? I don't want any of this. Yeah. We all wanted, like, the, the bare bones registration option. Like, can we register for, like, 60 bucks and just not take the promo? Can I get the one, can I get the one where you give me the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and, like, that's it? That's the only extra I get? Yeah. I, want, I want none of the like, extra fixings. I don't need the steak. I need the peanut yeah. butter and jelly sandwich. Version. I'm watching yeah. people like game for their promos immediately after getting them. <laughs> like they just didn't care. Yeah. Uh, speaking, speaking of that, there will be promos attached to these. Uh, the and they're non-foil promos, Tannen, which so is nice. I might actually use them. <laughs> yeah, so the first one, it's going to be uh, for all participating in select large open qualifying events and side events at regional finals. That's going to be Lava Spike. So there's going to be a promo non-foil Lava Spike for you burn aficionados. And then the one for top finishers at those local qualifying events. This one's really sweet, Ross. And this one's really cool. And we'll talk about why this is important with the first season. Nick those Shrine to Nyx. It's getting a reprint as a promo here in a non-foil version with new art. 
by the way, that looks amazing. It's really good art. Now, why is it important that we get a uh, card like Nykthos getting a reprint for the first season? Well, we don't see a lot of Nykthos in Modern, but Mm -hmm. we do see a good amount of Nykthos in Pioneer. And for you Pioneer aficionados out there. And if you went through the FAQ, Mm -hmm. you will see that they have announced the first regional championship will feature Pioneer. Mm -hmm. And the first Pro Tour is going to be Pioneer and Limited. Yeah. So they're starting to bring back Pioneer as a premier level format. Uh, we've already seen, you know, interest in the format expand a lot over the last few months. And I expect that will only continue now that we have a commitment to it from WotC in, uh, and the, the OP system. So Pioneer definitely getting a, uh, a resurrection, being raised like Lazarus from the dead. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to see it. I think the format is sweet. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just excited to, to see it come back. So a few things here. Um, that means the regional itself, like the big, the big event where you can qualify for the pro tour worlds, that is going to be pioneer. The pro tour itself will be pioneer and limited. The qualifying event below that to get you to the big regional can be whatever the local store organizer. Like let's say you're at a store that has a very big modern scene and not a big pioneer scene. They will run modern. So it's a mix of Pioneer, Standard, Modern, and Limited. So they so have Pioneer, all four of those options. So you mean Pioneer, Modern, and Limited is what you're saying? <laughs> well, maybe this is a return. Maybe a little bit of return of Standard because if they make a Pro Tour Standard, like you're going to have people playing Standard again. But people have been really soured on that for a long time. So I, let's see what happens. I, I could that. also see qualifiers that happen on a release weekend being Standard. You know, that could draw people. So, yeah, I, I would guess I would guess Pioneer and Modern are going to be the two most common. Yes. Uh, but, you know, depending upon your local area and what your store wants to do, the other two can be mixed in at the, uh, you know, whims of the, the organizer. So big thing here. Uh, it's kind of like what you said, right? Pioneer coming back from the dead. You and I definitely both thought Pioneer was going to be huge and it had the opportunity to do so. But when paper magic kind of died along with the pandemic, it really, really hurt Pioneer. And I think this is huge and a big vote of confidence from Wizards by putting out Pioneer first. And it's not just a vote of confidence, too. This is also like a litmus test kind of thing where they're like and a stress test or like, let's just see how this works. Like, you know, we haven't really given Pioneer a chance to shine because there hasn't been one. And now we do have it because, like, you know, it's not on Arena, right? So, like, you can't really play it digitally. I mean, you could play it on Magic Online, but that's not their primary digital thing. Never mind. Let's not talk about that anymore. We're not, we're not yeah. worrying about that anymore. But this is a huge tryout for the format, right? And they're like, is this going to work? What's the results going to be like? Is the PT healthy? Like, is this a format where, like we're going to have to curate even more than we have in the past? Is that a problem? And then... You know, that's going to be decisive on do we want to continue this format or maybe move in another direction or, or choose something else? I firmly believe this is a lot of the, the thinking down the lines of, you know, if this doesn't work, we find this out now. We find this out yeah. quick. And then we rip the Band-Aid off. Oh, I completely agree. But I also expect it's going to go over very well. I yeah. think the response to Pioneer has been great. People who have played it in SCG events and, and elsewhere have been happy with it. And, you know, I think the gameplay is awesome. You know, modern is fun. Modern is still in a good spot. But physically playing modern when you have to just shuffle your deck so 17 often, times a game. Yeah. Like my my matches just you know, every game I played, you know, compared to Todd's, you know, granted Todd was playing Wynota and I was playing a pseudo control deck in creativity. 
but just every one of my turns took an extra, you know, 10, 30 20, seconds. 30 seconds. Yeah. And same with my opponent or, or all, and a lot of the turns, I should say. Um, and th- that just adds up over time and it kind of, we- it just kind of wears on like, I would look over after games that I thought were fast and I'm still at 35 minutes in the clock and now I'm trying to speed up and uh, you know, that can be draining. You, you don't really notice that stuff, uh, uh, you know, until you, you know, unless you're really looking for it yeah. and I've, I've started to notice it and the pioneer gameplay without fetch lands in it is so much cleaner. Um, and you, you end up just being fresher over the course of the day and like that affects your oh, mental yeah. state and you're just kind of happier after playing nine rounds of pioneer than you are nine rounds of modern you know, all the other things being equal, of course. And like kind of piggyback on that, you know, I think you may have noticed this, especially like at the like the triple modern team event that we play and when we'd be shuffling a lot. Did you ever notice that as soon as my opponent did something to shuffle and they pick up their deck, I'd be like, hey, just give it to me. And like, I'm like, I have to shuffle it anyway. I'll shuffle it. Like I'm trying to save the extra 20 seconds 10 times a match because it might be. You know, because like, especially if me, they're continuing to take game actions and things. Yeah, if I'm like, yeah, man, just play your turn. I'll shuffle the deck, and I'm, I'm gonna do it right here in front of you. Like, you know, I, you've yeah. seen me. I have the, I have the deck like over the table. I'm like, you're, you're gonna notice I'm not cheating anyway. I'm just trying to get this done as quickly as possible so we can move on. Another big thing, another feather in the cap for Pioneer here, and I'm gonna say this with a caveat at the end of it, is this is the cheapest non-rotating format. It rotates kind of right like every time new standard sets come out like you know something might obsolete whatever but there's there's a core you know the the mana base and some other stuff right but this is significantly cheaper than modern right now and it's technically a non-rotating format so this is kind of like what modern felt like in its early days like the really early days of modern right and that's really cool like you can invest in something here and not get too destroyed if you have to like change decks or move to another deck or you know change things like yeah you might lose some stuff here or there but like you know, your mythics and your rares and stuff like your, your, your dual lands, your shock lands, sorry, are, are still going to be worth a good bit of money. I will say this. If you're thinking about getting into pioneer and you have an idea of what you want to play with, you probably should do it soon because I do feel like some of the prices will jump and they oh, may yeah. have even started to with these announcements. I, you know, I'm not a guru on these kind of things, but the way things usually work and the way prices usually work is when decks are popular, the prices go up. And they're going to get really popular when the events start happening in a few months from now. So, you know, if you've been meaning to finish off your set of Nykthos and your set of Stomping Grounds and Godless Shrines and let's be real, Blood Crypts, because it's probably the most, you know, like (laughs) things like that and, you know, and Temple Gardens, if you've been meaning to get those, right? And you've been meaning to get all the other lands that are good, too, like these new, uh, quote unquote, slow lands that are actually really good. And, you know, the flip lands uh, and things like that. This is probably one of your better times to do it, is to, is to do it now. So that's like your your financial advice from Tannen in the corner. I usually try to drop one every now yeah. and then we're doing six. But yeah, to now me, now is definitely the like, time to invest into Pioneer if you yeah. haven't. And, and this is a good time to shill our other sponsor, blah, blah, blah.com, that sells magic cards now. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But I had a friend, he literally messaged me this morning and he's like, I'm so smart. And I was like, Yeah, you are. Because over the last like month or two, he just pretty much bought like all of Pioneer. Over the, oh, it was a little more in the last two months. Like over the last couple months, he's just been like, He's like, Yeah, I really like Pioneer. I just like having all the decks, you know, so I can switch really easy. And it's not, he's like, It's not that bad, right? Like I went and got all the lands, right? And then like slowly here, I'm like, I'm getting the mythics. I'm like, You know, let me get a set of Wynotas. Like, you know, let me get this stuff. Like, you know, let me get my Lotus Fields, like things like that. And he's like, I'm just ready to go. You know, like I don't have to worry about that because I know some people are in the, the financial spot for that. So like maybe you can pick your deck or two that you want to go through. 
but like there, you know, there's some cards you can go out there and get, you know, that are ubiquitous across the format and some staples and stuff. So, you know, get your thought seasons. They've been pretty cheap for a while and they may go back up. You know, they're, you can find them for under $10 now. And I remember back in the day, those used to be like $20 bills. Easy. I think at one point they got up to 40. Yeah. Depending, they've been reprinted a few times, thankfully. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I've got my pretty ones that I've been waiting to play with that I got right before, you know, the, the time spiral ones, the old school ones. Uh, have, Lorwin, right? Well, they're they're Lorwin art, but they're time spiral old school board. Oh, okay. Oh. They're literally still in the top loaders from when I got them shipped to me. Nice. And I'm just like, I want to play these so bad. They are so <laughs> nice. Right? Like, it's like my legacy deck. Like, I went and got all the old bordered stuff. I got, you know, old bordered uh, fetch lands, right? You know, my Misties and my Scalding Tarns are like, I replaced my Misties and Scalding Tarns. And for anyone who's seen my legacy deck that I play with, you know how big of a thing that was for me. Those are not resellable or tradable. They are, like, almost damaged with how much play I yeah. have on those. They have some creases in them for me shuffling them and playing them. It looks like I've been playing on concrete, even though they've been <laughs> sleeves forever and stuff. So definitely try that stuff out. But big announcement. I, th- I think Pioneer is the, big win- the biggest winner in this announcement. I think it's huge for Pioneer. Um, shout out to you, Todd Anderson. I know you're uh, super excited. In fact, I have to think... I just saw that he talked about Twitter like he may have wanted a guest on the pod today. Whoops. You know, we kind of got going a little fast yeah. on that. But I have a feeling we're going to have him on the show once or twice before the Pioneer event so he can talk to us about the format. Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I would also say another big winner is just Booster Draft, right? Yeah. We had seen a decline in Limited in competitive play. And here, Limited is an option for qualifiers. And Pro Tours are retaining the split format that we have come to know uh, from you know the 2010s, all the boomers are licking their lips. By yeah. the way, like Ben S is just like so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I don't I don't know how much influence uh, of Huey is in that decision, but <laughs> yeah. I imagine it is non-zero. <laughs> I, I mean, if you really had his way, it would be Pioneer and Rochester draft. Let's <laughs> yeah, be real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, you know, for for you limited players, that that's going to stay around. Honestly, for myself. I'm pretty happy about that. I, I don't know. I've probably mentioned it on the cast before, but I've always considered myself a better limited player than constructed. It's just that competitive play was so centered around constructed that that's what I, you know, what I play. But if you look at my draft record at Pro Tours versus my constructed record, it is a lot better in limited. You know, I'm actually in the same boat. I actually consider myself a much better limited player than constructed, but like almost all of my notable finishes, at least in the last like decade, have been constructed. You know, there's there's been a few sprinkled in here, but they're covered differently. And like I even had a funny interaction with this once. I was um I forgot where I was living. It might have been I was living in Texas and I was like, you know, doing a lot of the Hearthstone stuff, but I did a little magic on the side and I was friends with like, you know, the good group of players in Texas, and a couple of them qualified for the Pro Tour. And I remember they were like, Hey, do you want to come over for Pro Tour testing? I was like, yeah, I got nothing going on on Saturday. Like, I'd love to come play some some high-level magic or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'll be there. You know, when are y'all doing what? And they were like, uh, yeah, you should come Saturday. That's when we're doing Constructed. And I was like, okay, like, when, when are y'all doing Draft? I'd, I'd love to be a part of the Draft. And they're like, I mean, we'll do it here. But, like, they're like, we'd, we'd like to get, like, the, the better limited players in that. You know, we want to get, like, a really good eight-man. And I just started laughing. And I was like, I'm, like, way better at limited than I am at Constructed. And they're like, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, man, I have, like, Grand Prix top eights, and, like, I won, like, <laughs> six limited PTQs. Like, what do you – I was top ten in the world rated for, like, over a year and a half, and they were like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, I just, like, this was forever ago, and it didn't matter, and there was no coverage. Like, my feature matches are in text. Like, this is how long ago it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Text. 
it's like Brian David Marshall sat next to me with a laptop that weighed 17 pounds, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it was like, you know, the big, oh, the yeah. big boxes. I, and I remember those stuff. days. Yeah, like you could you could find this if you look for it. Don't find my pictures. They look awful, yeah. but... <laughs> You this lost to a, this, this, a seven-year-old Seth Manfield, I think. Yeah, seven-year-old seven? Seth Manfield, yeah. This is before I became a vampire, and I've yeah. just looked the same for the last, like, 14 years or whatever. But, uh, sorry, that was a joke. We yeah. had some people recently. They're like, you're just Both a of my Grand Prix Top 8s are unlimited. So, uh, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm as my, I haven't played limited in forever. Like, I honestly could not tell you the last time I did a booster draft. I've done some cube, <laughs> but that doesn't really count. Uh, it's like riding a bike a little bit it comes back pretty fast yeah i think the last time i did a booster draft was at the mc in london in in 2019 jeez and that's 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 a while ross yeah i i for i fortu that one i'm i i misplayed against noah walker in one of the matches i could add a 5-1 um i 3-0 the that's actually a a funny story we did a uh we did a a, you know the draft boot camps right yeah uh organized one again in, in the dc area and I, I got invited and I went over to it and I did seven drafts over the course of the weekend. I went one, two in all of them, every single one of them. Yep. And I'm just like watching everybody like play well. I feel like I, I know what I'm doing and I'm learning. It's like, why can't I win? I'm like getting kind of nervous. And then we show up to the pro tour and I just easily three of the first draft. I did. Yeah, obviously, it's obviously. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I've had the reverse feeling too, where I'm like, I three of like all of our drafts. I feel like I have a great, and then I'm just like, yeah. what is going on during the draft? Like what, what's happening? You know, I, I drafted some weird decks. I will mm-hmm. say during the boot camp, I was just trying stuff because this mm-hmm. was war of the spark limited. So like all these planeswalkers here, the format was kind of, was, kind of strange at least to, to grok at, at first and uh, i remember i had a deck with two arboreal grazers and hot and two Hotleys. so i'm like trying That's to be in, like strange. a doran deck and just yeah. go like turn one grazer turn two Hotley, attack you for three let's go and it yeah. just never came together <laughs> while we stay on this tangent i was like trying to remember some more stuff um do you remember draft opens at scg yeah like, i have i have a draft open top eight i've probably i, I probably played like three of them i think i top, I top eight one I thought I did all of them that I played. Every single Jesus. one. I thought, and I played like eight of them. I just never lost until the finals or whatever, obviously. Yeah. Or whatever, but I, I lost in the top eight of the one I did to Chris Lockman. I'm all the five was, in game three. Yeah. They then, more like five, I think. But He then yeah. played against John Finkel in the top four, and SCG mm-hmm. put the match on camera. That's pretty sweet, because <laughs> it's Finkel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, uh, they this was also like three of, years after the two-headed giant pro tour. So <laughs> sure, yeah, they recorded one of mine once, but I never thought it actually. I don't think it actually aired because like I would, like just came back to Magic too, and like Ruben Brelser was doing coverage, and he's like, he's like, do you mind if we record? I was like, no, sure, go ahead. It's like it's probably gonna be a train wreck, but like we'll see what happens, you know, kind of thing. So that that was fun. It's actually how I qualified for my very first uh, invitational ever, which led me to playing. Uh, legacy for the first time ever because I, I literally played zero games going into my first <laughs> invitational and played legacy can you can you guess what deck i played um uh, teamer delver i did I sorry canadian threshold <laughs> yes or, or canadian threshold it had like nimble mongoose and stifle oh, yeah. and stuff in it because uh can you guess what my record was because i played all eight rounds i played uh eight rounds of uh you know i played both days yeah so. i'm gonna say uh six and two went seven and one Ooh. literally never played a game do you want to know what my loss was um a mirror to uh, you know some sicko <laughs> i lost to jerry thompson where i i probably beat like 99 percent of the people playing the games i think he played jerry was playing Esper, per- probably he was playing death shadow that Ooh. long ago like because i remember because he fetched on like turn one and got like a watery grave and i went 
And I literally looked at my hands like, oh shit, I thought I was in the wrong format. And he's like, no, we're in legacy. Because like, yeah, I think he saw it on my face. I like freaked out for a second. And he's like, no, we're in legacy. And I, I couldn't figure it out. And then like, I just remember, because it wasn't a thing back then. And then like three or four turns, I just look at him and go, you're playing fucking Death Shadow, aren't you? And he starts laughing. <laughs> he like tries to keep the straight face, but like, he just couldn't do it, you know? Because <laughs> it was always such a genuine moment of me just like, the, the light bulb went on. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh shit. You know, like, yeah, I died because I attacked him. And I was like, oh, wait, I shouldn't be attacking you. <laughs> and stuff. But, but it was really fun, and that led to... Anyway, let's get back to this OP stuff. Yeah, more, let's, let's talk about the... We talked about the Pro Tours being split format, which mm-hmm. is big, but the structure of the Pro Tour uh, is, you know, the actual tournament is about the same as it has been, but the, the mm-hmm. qualification is a little bit different. How so? Uh, um, so it used to be that 11-5 was that number to get you requalified. You know, 11 mm-hmm. match wins, 33 match points. Now it is 10-6. So a little bit easier to requalify here. Now that's only for they think for this year though, right? Or like the first, the first no, year of it, right? No, the first. That's it's actually down to nine seven for the first two pro tours to requalify. Right. So because they're going to make it a little easier to populate the player base yes. for these. Right? Uh, so it's actually nine seven for this first season, uh, but in general, it's going to be ten six. And as a person who for five consecutive Pro Tours played when either nine seven or ten six, it makes me slightly salty. Just a little yeah, bit, of course. but also uh, pretty happy. So, um, you know, 10-6 is a difficult record to attain in a Pro Tour. If, if you do the math, that's a 62.5% win rate. If you look at yeah, historical win rates at Pro Tours, 62.5% is about the top level. You know, it was very difficult to have a, a, a win rate much more above that. Or they topped out at like 65. So if you were averaging a 10-6 finish, you're really good. And if you're that, you know, if you're playing that well, you deserve to requalify. Um, it looks like if you, I agree. if you nine six the streets of New Capenna Championship, you'll get, you'll get into Pro Tour one. That's just to to bridge the gap from this you know temporary system to the new one. Those set championships are going away, by the way. Um, and then we're gonna have you know it hasn't been um, hasn't been released yet because I think it's gonna be different region to region. But, you know, obviously top finishers from regional championships. And that's another way they're going to make it a little easier the first season to populate the system. 64 bonus invites for regional championships in this first round to get people in. So this first, if you really want to break in, you know, getting in early is the way to do it. So yeah. uh, you're going to, you know. Your best chance is to do it immediately. Yeah. Like to try really hard and at first. Yes. And then there's going to be paths via online. So there, I like that there's. Uh, you know, a link between online and paper, uh, but they are somewhat separate. So uh, if you make it to the Magic Online Champion Showcase, um, you know, which is what the Showcase Challenge is, feed into eventually, they're going to get invites to Pro Tour, to the next Pro Tour, and there's going to be some path through Arena. They haven't announced that yet. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that'll roll out. That's going to roll out in their next Arena announcement, which I think is the end of this month, uh, or the end of next month, I think. Uh, but the really cool one for requalifying is we now have a return to the Magic Hall of Fame that they had, you know, sort of put on a hiatus or got, you know, maybe tried to get rid of entirely. But that is coming back. Um, people in this, the Hall of Fame. This had to be a lot of Huey, by the way. Oh, yeah. People in the Hall of Fame are going to get one invite per season. So you get one of the three Pro Tours, not all three. Uh, and you can go to the regional championship that's in the same round as the Pro Tour you select. Uh, so you can potentially qualify for worlds that way. 
Um, uh, and then outside of that one, you get, you know, you can just compete like everyone else. So uh, hopefully we'll get to see some of the, the Hall of Famers around a little bit, um, especially if it comes close to them. Yeah, this kind of like makes my belief a little more firm of like the regional areas are going to be like, you know, one America, one Europe, one Asian Pacific, because yeah. like that's where the concentration of most of the Hall of Famers are. Obviously, there's, you know, there's some South American guys, you know, Brazil, yeah. you know, whatever, but they can go to the one that's closest to them. You know, this doesn't mean that like Kai has to fly to America or whatever. You know, he can like drive to the next country over or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know? take the train or or Saito or you know some of those guys. You know, um, can can you know whomever can can go wherever and stuff. So uh, yeah, like it's it's pretty cool, right, to see the big titans of the game. You know, the ones that have the because like here's the thing: if we're bringing the pro tours back, by the way, like they're actually called pro tours, which is nice. They're 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 keeping that branding. For bringing back the Pro Tours and Paper Pro Tours and the mixed formula that, like, you know, made it so popular back in the day. Like, why wouldn't you bring back, or at least try to bring you back, you know, some of these people? Like, you know what? It, you know how cool it is to see Finkel in an event? Yeah. You know how cool it is to see Nassif at one of these events? And you don't make it to where, like, they have to dedicate their lives to it again anymore because, like, yeah, Nassif streams and plays all day. But, like, Finkel's probably not playing a whole lot of Magic. You know, like, these guys, they're kind of busy with their lives and kids and stuff. But, oh, now we get to, like do the stuff and then it does give you hope that maybe some new people might make it in the hall of fame again at some point you know, oh, it'd yeah. be weird to kind of just be like a pure nepotism thing of like no one else gets in it's only <laughs> this old boys club like nothing else you know kind of thing so and uh, who did miss the hall of fame discourse that happened every year oh, i mean i'm god. itching for it <laughs> oh god I, I would mute the words hall of fame <laughs> It's like shut up! Like I just love that. Like the loudest voices are some people. I'm just like, why are you even like the loudest person here? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just like, why, why, why is it you that has to like go off on Twitter? But whatever. I mean, I'm not trying to be. That, that was kind of assholeish of me. But you get what I'm saying. It's like let's, yeah. let's we'll, chill we'll get on some that deserving stuff. people in the Hall of Fame as well. Like that was always mm-hmm. such a, a cool accomplishment. I you know I I always hoped that they would stream like the ceremony, but they ne- yeah. I don't think they ever really did. Um, but I, you know, I, I never some video of it, yeah. but like not, a I never, full atten- stream yeah, of it. I never attended one, but they always seemed really cool. I remember when Shuhei got inducted and wore a formal kimono, uh, yeah. and that was awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, Eric proposed during his, Eric yeah. proposed to his wife and now wife during his. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of cool moments and, uh, you know, I, I've long thought that magic needed to do more to, you know, update itself and, and change with the times because it got kind of stagnant uh in terms of organized play but that change should not come at the complete expense of the history of the game and especially for those of us who've been around for a lot of that history you know that stuff needs to you know have some place and the hall of fame has been that place for for it um and, and glad to see that back um you know, even if the benefits aren't quite what they, they used to be. Uh, last point on requalifications is, you know, there's long been the, the push to try to get what's called fractional invites so that you can sort of qualify via a bunch of near misses, right? And not have the, those kind of feel bads. Uh, you know, over the time, Watsi at one point, you know, gave out different invites to people they thought, you know, were deserving of one, but didn't quite earn one. And the opaque nature of that made a lot of people angry. Uh, we don't need to rehash that, but now they have a, what's called adjusted match points as a, the system for qualifying in, uh, you know, the 
the near miss way. And what this is, is uh, every match win beyond the third at a pro tour. So your first three don't count here, but every match win beyond the third is three adjusted match points. Uh, just like a, a match win is just three. And, um, and so you, you effectively just, you know, subtract nine from, from the number of match points that you have. And if it's would be go to negative, it's just zero. And then if you, uh, they're they're going to keep a rolling count of this for your last for the last three pro tours. Um, so, not, so not just the last three that you played; it's the, the actual last yeah. three. So you can get a zero if you don't yeah, play in one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you, if you have thirty nine adjusted match points across the last three pro tours, you qualify for the next one. And now keep in mind that then that, you know then only one is going to fall off, and your next pro tour is going to add to it. So you can keep this total up pretty consistently. By just finishing, you know, so if, if you've 13 match points is, is 13 match wins. If you add the nine base that you need, that's 22 match wins across three pro tours. That's seven and a third per pro tour. Yeah. So if you're, if you're just, twos. if you're just batting 500 every pro tour, just eight and eight every time, you're going to keep requalifying. Now, this is good, right? Like it keeps people, quote unquote, on the train. This is one of the spots where I do have a small problem is there is the like people that are going to perpetually stay on the train because of this. And like, yeah, I'm not saying they don't deserve that. That's not what I'm getting at. Like, obviously, you deserve a chance to keep going. If you're constantly doing pretty well at that level, you shouldn't have to keep dropping down to the bottom level and starting over, right? But there's nothing there. Like, there's no like there's no players club. There's nothing to, to strive for. So you're kind of just spinning your wheels when it comes to it. And hopefully, you know, you break through and like that's that's what that's what they're giving you, right? Like they're giving you the chance to break through. Yes. And have a big finish. And some people are really gonna need that and some people are gonna really gonna want that. But it is gonna feel bad when like there's gonna be somebody who like, you know, chains a million pro tours together and like never breaks through and like that's just gonna really suck because like they're gonna be spending a lot of money on all this stuff and like there's nothing for them. And I'm yeah. not saying that there has to be, but like there being nothing is about that. Like kind of feels weird but it's maybe just a holdover from the past of having like bronze you know yeah. and stuff Here, here's here's the thing you know this the whole idea of fractional invites has been purported as a way to solve the issue of people coming very close to qualifying and not quite getting there and the problem is is that is an unsolvable problem you, i agree no matter you because you have to set a line somewhere and so and once you set a line then you can you know contrive a scenario where someone comes right up to the line but doesn't cross it no matter where the line is so you can you can only mitigate the problem you can't solve it and this does a pretty reasonable job of mitigating it so you know i think that line of, of just winning over 50 percent of your matches like it, it's hard to feel sympathy for someone not you know not requalifying because they went seven nine you know like you you won <laughs> you went seven nine <laughs> Uh, that that doesn't feel like a, a number that should get you there. But when you realize that the top players in these Pro Tour events, at least historically, have been winning about 60 to 65% of their matches, if you're consistently winning in that range or just barely below that range, then yeah, I think it makes sense for you to requalify. So the, the question has never been, how can we devise a system that completely solves the problem? The question is where to set the line. And looking at these numbers, I think this is a really good place to set the line, especially with the last caveat they have, which is if you make the top eight, you get 12 more AMPs. And like if automatically. You, yeah, yeah. And if you do the math, 
most people who are top eighting these pro tours are going 12 and four or better. So let's say you go 12, four, uh, uh, that's 36 match points minus nine. That's 27 plus 12 gets you to 39. And that's the 30. So you're literally qual- just based on that one finish, you're qualified for the next three because three pro tours from now, this, that top eight is still going to count in the rolling average or the rolling count. So if you top eight a pro tour, you are, and, th- and this goes across season, by the way. So, um, so if you top eight any pro tour, you are now qualified guaranteed for the next three. Yeah. No more of that. Like, oh, I, I top eight the wrong pro tour, like the yeah. last one of the season. This no more the, of that. This BS. is the Josh yeah. Cho effect. If you're, uh, if anybody remembers him, he, he top forward his first pro tour. It was the Innistrad block pro tour. I can't remember exactly where it was, but then, you know, didn't do well over the summer pro tour, which was the last one of the season and immediately fell off the train. Which, which is, is like unreal. a huge feel bad, right? And yeah. and that just doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. the 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 way they have set the numbers in this system, if you top eight a pro tour, unless you were like somehow snuck in at like eleven four one, if it was kind of a small sure pro tour, but then you've got to get a fourth match win at one of the next two pro tours, right? <laughs> or like you know because you're or you have to get a fourth match win at the next pro tour uh, because you're qualified for that one just based off of this top finish. Um, so. You know, there might be a feel bad if that happens to someone, but I don't think that's going to happen very often. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with that small corner case scenario occasionally coming up. And uh, for the most part, you know, top eighting a pro tour is going to get you three more qualifications right mm-hmm. off the bat. That's great. Gives you essentially, you know, a full year uh, of doing things and, and mm-hmm. you know, playing the best game in the world at the highest level. Yeah. One of the frequently asked questions was how many players will be invited to the regional championships, pro tours, or world championships? The answers were the regional championships invites will be will vary by region. Check with your regional organizer for more information because, you know, I think the Americas is going to be a little bit bigger than yeah. some of the other ones, you know, depending. It'll essentially be based on the density of WPN stores and premium stores, and that density is going to be highest in the U.S., I would assume. Right. Uh, pro tours are aimed at featuring approximately 300 players per event, so a little bit smaller than what we were used to towards the end of their life, yeah, but I think that will grow. That's it, definitely going to grow. Well, I, I so that... I. Th- they're, I think that's what they want because then they're going to, after this first year that populates it, we're going to have a bunch of people requalified, but then the number of new spot, new slots is going to go down. It could go, it could go up a little bit. It could like, we'll yeah. see what happens with like how popular this is and how many people come from regions. And but stuff, if, you know? So if you, if you do the math on three, on 300 people, right. And you want the number of people that are going X four or better. Um, so that's going to be one plus uh, 120. Uh, so that's 121, then 16, 15, 14 over six. So that's eight times five times 14. That's 560. So now we're at 681 and then X4. Let me just do this. Uh, Google will do this for me. Uh, 12, that's 495. Uh, so we have 681 plus 495. So that's 1176. So we have 1176 times... Uh, 300 people divided by two to the 16. And that gets you, that gets me at 5.4. So it looks like there are going to be some X4 ones in these top eights, unless I've, I've done the math really quickly and in my head. So I might be off there. Um, so yeah, maybe that corner case is going to come up a little bit too often. And we want to see those numbers go up a little bit to maybe 350, yeah, we'll 400. Yeah. Um, but for now, that seems fine. And then the last one, the World Championships aimed at featuring approximately 128 players. So we're going back to, like, the worlds we had it when you and I were, like, really, really competitive. 
not the worlds where we had like 16 people, which, you know, hey, I thought it was cool at times, but I kind of wanted to see like a big tournament, you know, like yeah. someone really break through, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I could see stuff for, you know, for both or, uh, you know, both kind of sides, but I'm pretty excited about all this stuff again to participate and to watch coverage. So all that stuff's great. What are some of the stuff that we've missed so far? I'm looking over my notes and stuff. Like um, I said, we're a little, you know, we just read all the stuff. So. Oh, the really cool thing. I guess we, we did note that the regional championship can feed worlds. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea that like this regional championship is, is a big event. Um, yeah, I missed a term in this calculation. It should actually be 2517 times 300 over 2 to the 16. Ross, and how'd you miss that, man? Come on. That gets me to 11.5 people that are X4 or better. So, yeah, it looks like X4 will be the bubble, um, which is – that's how Pro Tours have worked in the past. You know, sometimes people made it X4, but X3, X3-1 uh, is the the, the lock line. Um, so that that's, you know, uh, in accordance with, with – previous precedent so those numbers look good to me um oh for as far as amps they don't just matter for requalifying for pro tours you can also get to worlds on that so they say uh four competitors from the previous worlds um about 10 per pro tour uh different moto and mtg arena paths that will be announced later says Two, two each from the U.S., Europe, Japan regionals per cycle, one each from the other regionals. And then anyone in the top 32 of the Pro Tour season's adjusted match points, so this is for all four, uh, for all three uh, uh, in a season, that aren't otherwise qualified, and anyone tied for 32nd on that list uh, will also get there. So, you know, if you haven't quite gotten the high enough finish at a Pro Tour or a high enough finish at a regional championship uh, to make it to Worlds, but you have a bunch of consistently really good finishes at these events, uh, or at the, at the three Pro Tours at least, then you will also get a slot in the World Championship and be playing, you know, for a million dollars and title yeah, world champion and all that cool stuff. If if you're the bubble boy, like, multiple times, yeah, it won't be as big a feel bad because you'll probably be qualifying for Worlds as well since it's a bigger field which is which is nice you know it does reward consistency that doesn't spike as well which yeah. is you know it's, it's a decent system and we, stuff. we want to reward that like you know you reward the people that ha- that have the spike finishes because they're the most memorable people from the year but you got to reward the people that are consistently right there doing really well at least you know you have to reward some of them and like i said you, you have to set the line somewhere and there's always going to be the person who's you know on the outside looking in the last person out and that person always always feels bad you know, as the person who missed out on the last PC due to tiebreakers, <laughs> I've been in that situation. Um, but uh, so I, I think the, that is a good place to set the line. Though. You, you want something to reward those people or some number of them uh, in addition to rewarding the people that did really well. Uh, so, you know, it just it, they've they've hit every note. I, I think the, the system really has done that. Um, you know, it's not perfect because no system can be perfect, but. There is no glaring missing aspect to it. There's nothing that I can look at and say, like, how did you overlook X or, or you know, and even the, the details of it. All, we went through all the numbers, all the number, like the, where they've set the numbers make a lot of sense. Number of people attending these events, you know, how many invites they're giving out and the, the numbers are adjusted match numbers. points to requalify. Yeah, those were, you know, meticulously thought out. And I think they've they've hit them really well. So I'm honestly 
I'm very pleasantly surprised and kind of impressed. This is, you know, so often they've sent out these announcements and immediately you see the error and everybody goes nuts on Twitter about it. And maybe we're missing something. I haven't gone through the, the Twitterverse yet to see everyone else's reaction. But I'm, I'm scanning it a little bit on the side. I'm yeah, trying to listen to you too. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm looking over these things, thinking about it. And my first reaction is job well done Positive. and you yeah. will see me. I will be there. <laughs> and like, let's, let's talk about that, right? Like the fact that, you know, you'll, you'll see you, right. Kind of thing. And like, here's the thing, you'll see me at these things too, because it's all starts at the local level, right? You can also, like you said, uh, more details of this to come that I'm about to talk about. And that'll be by the end of next month. Uh, you'll have all the full details by the end of next month, but like specifically some more of the online stuff like arena and magical online, they're going to have some typical ways that you've seen before feeding into this, but they said there's going to be some twists that they haven't officially announced yet. I think they're probably working out the numbers yeah. and stuff on this. But this gives you something to do locally, right? Like your local store or your local WPN store that's close enough to you, they're going to be able to run these tournaments, right? And you can go there and play a pretty high stakes event locally, right? And if you do well at it, you get to go to an, you get to go to the next one, right? Which is looks like it's going to be in Atlanta or whatever. Like you get to go to that. And then if you top what, 48 it, I think is the number. I think it's like top 48 just qualify. I don't think they've released the numbers for the regional I'm, championship. I'm, I'm I'm pretty positive Nick Miller just said something about it being like the top 48. Again, we're we're catching people on Twitter and stuff like that, but like that's a pretty nice number. Like you don't have to spike this one gigantic event because it's going to be big. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a lot of people in it, and this is not your your father's RPTQ. Yeah, we're not going through like. The RPTQ system, some people liked it. I really disliked one of my experiences in it and like kind of just got really soured on it where I had to drive forever. It was on like a Sunday and then I had to like drive home. So I had to like either get a hotel or miss work the next day. It was just really bad overall. But like this seems a little bit better, especially if you can, you know, plan wait well in advance for this kind of thing. But it gives you something to strive for, right? Like you're going to have local tournaments that you can play in and then move to something bigger and then move to something bigger, right? And this doesn't just evolve into something on Arena, where the end goal isn't obtainable. That was the biggest problem for like the MPL and some stuff. It's like, you literally just could not get in it. You know, like three people made their way in. You know, obviously that number's not correct. I don't know the exact number, but you get what I'm saying overall here. This, especially the first couple seasons, they are letting people in. Get, get on the, the fence, start shaking it, scream, let me in. You know what I mean? Like, they're, and they're gonna, they're opening, they're opening the gates. It looks Get like to your local events. it's top 48 for the regional championship, but that's the mm-hmm. first year when they're doing right. it, making it a little that's, easier. Long term is going to be top 32. Which and, is awesome, by you the know, way. If, if this is a 15-round event, like a Grand Prix-length event, and you have to top 32, and it's 500 people, uh, you know, 600, awesome. 600 700 people. people, which is kind of a small Grand Prix. Like, you're looking at 11-4 with good breakers, or 12-3 to lock, 11-3. You know, you're, you'll see a lot of, you know... 11 three ones at those events i imagine at that point so that yeah, is a very like, attainable you know well, number to hit the, the the top like billion the the top like tables that aren't literally playing a winning in for top eight and can and can afford a loss you're gonna see a lot of draws in the last yeah. round there's gonna be some weird math going on someone's gonna draw themselves into a bad spot but think about that overall right like you play in a localish event, right? And you like win it or do really well in it to qualify for this regional, right? There's one regional thing that's going on halfway across the country from you. You have to take off from work. You test your butt off for it. You go to it and let's say top eight qualifies, right? And you go uh, 11 and four or whatever in it, right? And finish 12th. 
you get some steak knives and you go home. You know, you get like a case of product, a couple boxes, whatever. That would feel so bad. And I would feel bad for you. But now with this, you know, the first one, the top 48, and then what looks like it'd be the top 32 after that, now qualify for the next thing. And like, that's better, right? Like, Because we don't have a million Grand Prix to play in, right? We don't have a million PTQs to play in where you can just drive yourself nuts. Since it's down to smaller, when I say smaller, smaller amount, it's down to fewer opportunities for you to get through, I like it being a bigger number and rewarding people who just put up really good records on that day. In fact, like, top 48, it, I get it. Like, they want the number. I really wish it was, like, a record or better depending on attendance. But, like, I think that would just get too many people probably in and, as well. And that, those invites do pass down if some people have multiple qualifications. So if you're just on the bubble, you know, it might pass down to you. So, yeah, th- there's going to be some people that miss on tiebreakers, like, you just can't get rid of all of that <laughs> because the, the 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 reality is that they need to have a, a especially if they're doing things in paper where they're booking a specific room and you know they need to have a control over how many people get invited and if you know these things get really popular and, and attendance numbers at lower levels go up then attendance numbers go up and trickle through the system and if you allow you know just a record to get through that effectively means a fraction of the people that get invited right um and you know and so then it just ends up trickling up through the entire system and uh, creating a lot of bloat that they then need to deal with so you know you just gotta if you're the person that misses on tiebreakers i feel for you but that that's just a necessary evil of the system it sucks yeah uh, let's talk about something that doesn't suck. Let's take a moment, uh, take away, break away from the OP announcer for just a second. Let everybody kind of compress. You know, we've been throwing a lot of information at them. I feel like my brain is kind of, I'm going cross-eyed. I need to like process this a little bit more. Let's talk about, we make sure we mention our other sponsor, Bear Stern Man, the OG sponsor of the podcast. We love you guys over at Bear Stern Man. That's bearsternman.com, man with two ends. Make sure you check them out over there they've got a lot a ton of uh, awesome stuff um ross i'm actually opening another box soon you know i told you about this i've been like i order stuff and then sometimes i save it for a month or two and then i open it up and i forgot what i what i've ordered so it's kind of like christmas you know you get like a present to yourself <laughs> uh you can definitely find some awesome soaps over there shaving stuff shaving butter shaving creams things like that i'm a big fan of all their stuff makes uh it makes shaving a lot better i'm not the biggest fan of shaving i know you aren't either I but i'm just it. a big fan of it it just makes my skin so much better. I've I, I've been very happy yeah. with the I, results. I've I did just trim out my beard yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks good. By the way, I was going to say something. Oh, the uh, the uh, the aftershave balm. Oh, is, it's uh, so good. I also it's, it's I, like might I, be my favorite stuff. Yeah, I it gave it a tub of it out to uh, to Elliot Raff when he had to shave recently to do a part in a local play. And I saw him the first day after he shaved and, you know, a lot of razor burn. I was like, dude, let, let me help you out. And I gave, I gave him the case of it. He came back after using it. I was like, yeah, that made a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I used to have the same problem, right? Like, you know, I would shave and I'd get a lot of the, you know, the, the red splotches, the razor burn and stuff. Yeah. And like, I just don't have that anymore. My razors last longer. My skin is healthier, you know, when it comes to stuff. Big fan of all their products. Ross, when people want to order from this site, what can they do to get a little money off? They should use our code MTGRANTS2022, so just the current year, and they will get 15% off of their order. Yeah, so make sure you check them out. That's Barrister and Man. 
Ross.com. Check them out as soon as possible. Go over there. Let them know who sent you. Uh, Ross, what else have we not covered from OP here? I think we've covered a lot of um, the stuff today. I think there maybe is anything falling through the cracks. I don't think so. I'm trying to, to see if we covered, you know, all that stuff. You know, there, there, uh, I'm sure we'll get more updates, uh, you know, in the coming days. Um, uh, with the uh, local WPN organizers for the regional championship qualifiers can start announcing and scheduling them tomorrow. So I imagine mm-hmm. we will see that schedule fill out pretty quickly and we'll have a nice summer of PTQs. Personally, it's, it says that, that any WPN store, Wizards Play Network, can get gets one per season regional championship qualifier, but premium stores get two. So I'm hoping, I, I don't know what exactly that system is, but I have to imagine SCG is a premium store. So I'm hoping they get two. And then we've got another store called Blade here in Roanoke. And I, I imagine they're at least a WPN store. So I'm hoping we get three here in Roanoke over the summer that uh, I don't have to you know go very far for. But I'll, I'll happily go to, if there's one in Blacksburg at a store there, you know, Charlottesville around Virginia, down into North Carolina. Like I'm, I'm willing to travel, let's say, two, three hours for these tournaments to play up to maybe five, 10 of them in a season. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I do think that we kind of glossed over, forgot to do this is uh, the age requirement for this has actually been lowered a little bit at 13 plus. So uh, some of those zoomers that have been complaining on Twitter and stuff like that, complaining kind of rightfully. So I'm, I'm kind of on their side. Yeah. And uh, I think you, there might be some legal issues there. I don't, I don't know the details of the situation, but I agree. It's shitty. That, you know, it, you know, for when it's things have been online, people under 18 have kind of gotten the shaft there. You know, I know I'm guessing that most of our viewers aren't aware, but Magic does have a former world champion who was 15 at the time. Julian Newton uh, in Julian 2004. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 15 year old. And that was a great story. And, you know, things like that will continue to be great stories. And so I'm hoping to, you know, get people in and see some young kids, you know, uh, test their metal against us old farts. Yeah, can't we see Million just get in and destroy everybody? Yeah. You know, as, as, as bad as I now. feel when I play against people who are younger than the time I've been playing the game and are better than me, <laughs> it just makes me feel bad about myself just a little bit. Do you remember when we were playing? We were playing a team event. I think it was in one of the Philly ones because I think yeah, I remember being in the basement and um, you know I'm playing Legacy and I play like an island on turn one or I fetch up island on turn one. It's like a beta island, right? My opponent goes, oh, that's a, that's a really nice island. That's really cool. What is that? And I was like, oh, it's it's an island. He's like, where is it from? I'm like, uh, beta. And he's like, oh, what year was that printed? And I was like, uh, like 94 or whatever. And he goes, I wasn't born yet. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm way older than you. And like, we were just joking about that. Like, I eventually asked him, I was like, what year you know, were you born in? And I forgot what it was, but I was like, yeah, I think I played my first PTQ that year. Yeah. Like that same year. And now we're playing like in a competitive, like big environment. You know, I'm like, God, this is so weird. Yeah. I like know, to see those young kids beat other people, but just not me. Well, that was the thing is we're playing legacy. Right. And I got scared immediately. I don't usually get scared of them. Like, okay, either this is going to be a very easy round or this kid's going to whoop my ass. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's, just, he's just a freaking ringer. You know, yeah. like, he's, like, he's either there because they really want him to be there or because they absolutely need him to be. <laughs> yeah, they just couldn't find anybody to play Legacy. Like I remember one of the team events, there was a guy that was playing Legacy and he just had like his modern burn deck, but he like, you know, got to change a few. He's like, yeah, I found some fire blast. I put like fire blast in my deck or whatever. And he's like, and then I thought about it. I don't have that many mountains. 
you know, or whatever. Like, it was just it was just funny overall, like, talking to them, because they were like, yeah, we just need a legacy player last minute. So they just updated one of their decks. So, yeah, a, a lot of nostalgia talk here, but this, it's mostly because the announcement was so good and brought us back to those to those old, you know, those old thoughts and those old events we had. And I'm that is the thing I think I'm most glad about is these zoomers or whatever, like these younger players that have, you know, been in the game for the last like five years, you now get to kind of live, you know, when Ross and I do the back in our day stuff, or even some of the older players say back in their day, you get to kind of experience that now. And that was one of the things that I think, you know, I've talked about before on here and other places when I'm like, I kind of lamented the quote unquote death of paper magic and the death of OP was y'all didn't get to, you know, some of these people didn't get to experience stuff that we did. And that we took for granted and was like, you know, the good old days. And it was awesome. And now they get a chance, Ross. They get to go to a paper PT. They get to, you know, play the game, see the world. Not the same, but they get some of it. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking to, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing testing teams come back and all the stories of that. The yeah. things that we remember with such fondness from our days playing pro tours and you know hopefully i, I get to be a part of it again <laughs> i'm back tannin mm-hmm. i'm back uh did you ever really leave though honestly I mean, did you ever really really leave i mean i kind of did I, like i didn't yeah, play yeah. I, I i think when they when they announced the change to like mythic championships and that that whole rebranding and it just and the mpl it just seemed really hard to like break through yeah, yeah. And uh, like I just you know I I was queued for the first MC too, so like, I I wasn't even in that bad of a position, but I put very little effort into that MC. I was like, yeah, I'm just playing this one for fun, you know. I'll do how I do. It was of course the best you know proto finish I've ever had. <laughs> the time that I had that I was the least emotionally invested, so maybe that's saying something. I don't know. Uh, requeued for London, and you know I think I had nine seven London, so I I went from I had an eleven five and a nine seven, and was no longer qualified. I think under this system, I would, I, yeah, I, I would be, um, you know, especially for this first year. And then, I, and then I'd be pretty well set up to hit thirty nine adjusted match points because I'm at what uh, I'm eleven uh, five is twenty four, and then yeah, I'd already be at forty two. So even under the even under the planned you know later system where ten six requalifies, that nine seven would have been good enough. So. You know that that year would have led to me playing you know every single every single pro tour. So uh, you know now it, it's uh, at at this point I'm 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 gearing back into it, especially with the with SCG not having you know the PC. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you, you got to have the carrot. It doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they've given us the, they've given us the stick already, so we might as well. <laughs> <laughs> so. You're welcome. You're definitely welcome. All right. Uh, we did have a mailbag question for this week, so I want to make sure that we get that. That's from Boom Boom Zoom, and you're probably going to need a minute to think about this because I know I will too. And the question is, what would you like to see reprinted in Streets of New Capana? Now, what are all the... It's it's Grixis, Naya... It's, it's all the five, shards. You're right. So it's... Okay. Hmm. Grixis, Naya, Jund, um, uh, Esper, and um, Bant. I've got, I've got an answer. Cruel ultimatum. <laughs> um, um, Sidraxis Spectre. That's a cool one. 
Oh, so Jurassic Factor is a sweet one too. Yeah, I definitely want to see that would be some a cool really one for cool... Pioneer too. Like yeah. I, I could see decks trying to mainly use that as a card out of the graveyard, especially in tandem with like Prized Amalgam. Um, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so, so Draxa Spectre is a cool one. Yeah, I would really need to go over the list of like some of the stuff that might be cool in Pioneer that hasn't been that's not legal in it that you can put in the set, but like definitely some cool like three color identity thing. You know, something yeah. that's like specifically Grixis or specifically Naya. Can you imagine uh, sprouting Thrynax in like a Jund Sacrifice deck with no, Collected no, Company? No, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm I'm already excited about that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Sprouting Thrynax is a cool one. Um, um, there, there, and this was asked before we got those couple previews yeah. where, like, the charms were getting previewed. Noble I would have Hierarch? Said, <laughs> I would have said, give me, the, give me the charms. Yeah. You know, but... Please, yeah, please don't give us Noble Hierarch. That would be way too Yeah, good. not in Pioneer, no. Yeah, no Noble Hierarch and, Pioneer. Like, would Green Devotion display 12? Uh, I don't know. I think it would be better in like the the Naya in like the Wyota yeah, individual card. companies decks. But can you imagine yeah. Green Devotion with twelve Wonder Ups? Or like maybe they play um, like ten. Would they even? Would they play them? Yeah, I think I would, 10 you would play more than eight. Yeah. Eight eight is not saturated. W- whatever so. the whatever the mathematical correct number. Yeah, yeah. I'll crunch would, the numbers be, and get back to you on that. Yeah, don't don't expect me to do any of that. So I don't want anything to do with any of that, that math. Ugh. But this power uh, tan. Yeah, yeah. I will say this. I've seen some of the Hall of Famers talking on Twitter about, ooh, I might be, I might be playing a little bit again. Like Brian Kibler was talking about, you know, just when I thought I was out kind of thing. So, but yeah, I think those are the easy, quick answers. Uh, boom, boom. Let me know what you wanted to see reprinted in Streets of New Capana because I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I think I need a little more time to think about this, so maybe in the next episode, if I think of something else, I'll be like, yeah, definitely that card. But off the top of my head, Cruel Tomatum is, is a card I miss quite a bit. Yeah, I'm... Uh... Not a big cruel tomato fan, but uh, I maybe was. that's because I've had that card cast against me a lot more than I've cast it. I'm just I'm just a man of discerning taste, and you like pretty much anything. That, so, but anyway, uh, I think that is going to just about do it for us this week. Uh, overall, like very positive. I'm I'm very happy with today's announcement. I think mostly everyone's going to be pretty happy, right? Like, yeah, you can nitpick here or there, but overall, a very positive announcement from Watsi for regarding OP, regarding organized play. And I'm sure anybody at home that's had aspirations to grind or play and play competitively and to do more with magic, you know, if you're not just uh, completely on the, you know, like the casual side, like you just like your kitchen table magic, right? Which you probably wouldn't be listening to this show that much if you didn't have at least a little aspirations of, you know, winning a tournament. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want to hoist one of those trophies, get one of those big novelty checks, you know, get your name etched in the, the shrine oh, of immortality give me a fucking magic. novelty check. Yeah, I know, right? I gotta. Uh, I'll find space for it. Ross <laughs> is looking around his room right well, now to see where he so, put it on so the wall. T- Todd has a novelty check from the TCG Invitational he won yep. a decade ago, and that is still in the basement of this house. It is on the he, wall in the basement. Mine would yeah, mine he, would go next to that. He beat a very good friend of mine in that final. Tim Landau. Mm-hmm, Tim Landau. Maybe yeah, Tim should have accepted uh, the split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. I've actually asked him about that multiple times, and he's just like, "Yeah, it was, it was a good matchup for me." He's like, "I just like." didn't you know he's like didn't cast titan when he was supposed to cast titan you know like yeah. and that would have won the game in both games but it ha- he like couldn't find a six mana source and you, you heard it here so. first todd is very lucky yeah i mean <laughs> i think todd will admit that he was not supposed to win that match you know or whatever but anyway especially not with the draws that tim was having until he you know missed all land drops but tim's doing just fine living out in vegas and uh yeah. just doing the poker life stuff so 
smart guy he'll be fine i just saw your tweet about benny and she looks so happy yeah i mean she she had a good morning this morning she's having a problem getting comfortable right now so i'm a little worried i'm like i don't know if you see me looking over the whole time we've been doing this she's been like wandering around the room and can't get comfortable but i don't know what i'm not sure what that is so hopefully she's okay we took a very short walk today we like went around the block she was tugging on the leash quite a bit she like wanted to run and she was just happy to be outside doing that because we've been kind of like not letting her like i'll be honest probably wasn't as strict as i should have been with like restricting her movement but i also think she was slightly overdiagnosed. i'm not a doctor but like with the speed at which she's like been better and like wanting to do stuff you know she's like hey i feel good like let's do stuff she like tried to jump on the couch the other day and she never does that and stuff i was like yeah she's she's feeling a lot better so anybody that was worried at home uh i think we're out of the woods when it comes to like worst case scenarios and we're just hoping that she's going to get back to normal she gained a little weight which is a thing you know we need to worry about because that you know puts a little stress on her legs and heart and stuff so want to make sure she gets back into shape here soon but like running is out of the question for now so even though sometimes when she gets out outside if i don't have the leash on her she starts running around the yard and it's like impossible to stop her she's so small and quick that i just like can't grab her without hurting her you know i can't dive on her so yeah love my little girl she looks like she's gonna be fine thank god but uh ross if people wanted to hear some more about you learn some more of your stuff where would they go uh, best place is my Twitter account. I'm at Ross Hunnids, Um, and that'll be the best place to keep, uh, abreast of my magic comings and goings. Um, I will be launching a Patreon pretty soon here, uh, probably in maybe two weeks or so. Um, and that'll get an- announced on my Twitter. So if you want to support me with that, just follow my Twitter for now and you will see when that goes live. Um, and then my stream will be returning along with that Patreon. Um, yeah. And, uh, so if you want to give me a follow on Twitch just for now and get notified when I go live again, that will be, uh, Ross underscore Miriam on Twitch. Tannen, people want to see more updates on Benny's recovery and, uh, the Atlanta Braves season, their attempt to, you know, defend their title. What was that again? What was it? what were the Braves? Uh, they are World Series champions. De- yes, they are. Yeah, defending yeah. World Series champions. I, f- I figured I'd give you a, a little boost. Obviously, we got to like not really experience the typical offseason fun too, because there was just a lockout the whole fucking time, which is annoying yeah. as shit. Like they couldn't even show like you literally couldn't show your own players. So like the Atlanta Braves when they would like tweet, it would be about like old players or it couldn't be anyone currently on the roster. So it was like so dumb. I was like, we couldn't even really enjoy the fact that we were World Series champions. But yeah, regular season starts a week from today. So that is an actual holiday for me. I will not be doing anything. Leave me alone. I'm going to be watching TV all day and all of it will be baseball and I'm loving it. Did my first uh, fantasy draft yesterday. I have an auction that's been going on for about three days and should finish, I think, tomorrow. This has been going on for my Dynasty League and I have two more drafts going on next week as well. So uh we're well suited to be very busy with uh, with baseball this season, but you can find that at the Tannen Grace on Twitter. Uh, also, you know, tweet a good bit about Flesh and Blood, which I'm getting more and more involved with. Uh, more on that in the future, and uh, I'll be tweeting a lot about Magic I, in the coming years. I think this is my first year not playing fantasy baseball since what? 2006 Why? or seven. Why? Our, did y'all did you disband? Yeah, our, our league disbanded after last year. So like you should have told me like I, that was one of my I looked forward to it every year of you being like you would always text me the same thing give me three sleepers yeah. or whatever oh every I'm, year I'm actually looking forward for to not doing it to be honest oh, sure I had lost you know my interest in fantasy sports probably four or five years ago 
Um, I basically lost it once I finally won. Because in this baseball league that we hit when we did this for about 15 years, um, and I finished, you know, number one team in the regular season. We weren't a roto league. We were head to head, but I was number one team in the regular season so many times in a couple of years. I just had dominant teams and I would just crap out one week in the, you know, in a two week span in the playoffs and lose. And then I won back to back years and there I was like, okay, I did what I came to do. <laughs> and after that, it just got more it was more of a chore when i was on the road um mm-hmm. and, oh i remember yeah they I would remember. like always somehow manage to like set drafts for like friday night and i'm like i've got to do a challenge event for bcw and i'm like sitting there trying to play people and like you know be cordial with them and I'm, i've got my phone next to me and i'm just like okay who do i draft right now he's he's acting like he, he didn't just ask me a million times what he should do oh i did that with that with with both sports i also st- you know in the in the late 2000s when we started doing this Football and baseball were the sports I followed most closely, more than more than basketball. But starting in about 2012 or so, I was more all in following basketball, and now I just you know I, I don't keep up with the day to day of of NFL football or MLB. So it, it became harder to do it as well. Where I'm just like, yeah, I would see names, and they're like, yeah, he's like one of the best people at his position. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> like, yeah. huh. But sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, Absolutely. Well, the, the running gag was I just kept drafting injured players like year after yeah. year because I just didn't know. I was like, why is this yeah. guy falling? I'm going to grab him. And they're like, yeah, they just announced that he's out for the first three months. I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. It's like uh, we had somebody auto-drafting last night, and it took it took Fernando Tatis Jr. like in the second or third round. And I know the guy's going to be like, how did I get this guy in like, the third round? I'd be like, oh, he just separated his shoulder and is out for three months. So, Or, you know, tore something in the shoulder or whatever. So. But, uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, the Tannen Grace at Twitter. And then, you know, we'll see about Twitch coming back with uh, with magic interest renewed. So we'll see. But uh, maybe soon, you know, hashtag soon, like Ross Merriam here. And if you're one of the patrons, Ross is going to get on that thing he promised you all last week real soon. He just put it up in the, the patron channel and write it. So you'll probably see some more stuff of like that in our patron really soon of uh, more information. Of like, hey, here's what I'm playing this weekend. Or here's yes. what I'm thinking about for these events coming up. Especially really as we get in the that. swing of things. And, I, you know, if I start playing these regional qualifiers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to start seeing a lot more. We'll probably make a, a Patreon level just for that. Be like, hey, you know, this one you get like the deck list ahead of time and, and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll figure some more stuff out like that. A little more, you know, good stuff for you if, you if you've been with us for a while. So make sure you look out for that. But, you know, that's a what about a month or two out before we start worrying about that. So make sure you keep uh, abreast of everything that we're doing. Follow the Twitter account of MCG Rants. Uh, make sure you check out our sponsors, Mox Roasters and Barrister and Man. Uh, the codes for those you could find on our websites and we will be tweeting about these quite a bit especially the, the new coffee one we're pretty excited about that one so we'll be we'll be talking about them quite a bit so make sure you're gonna look out for that but anyway we'll see y'all next week for the next episode where uh you know hey maybe we start talking about what's gonna start happening with this this organized play announcement and start talking about some decks so anyway we'll see y'all next week thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs>